Welcome back, everybody, to the end of a long NFL playoff road. NFL regular season, the postseason, it's all wrapped up. So we had to take a couple days to, uh, you know, get our bearings together. This is one of the saddest times of the year when the NFL goes away for a minute. Um, but as always, thank you guys for joining us on the FL Teams. Um, FLTeams.com, you guys all know checking us out here. It's your one-stop uh, spot for all things Florida sports, uh, whether it be college, uh, even in some high school. We're going in pro, hockey, baseball, basketball, football, you name it. If it's in Florida, we got you covered. Um, a lot of great articles over there. A lot of great podcasters like myself and EJ. Um, you're going to see a lot more of coming up in the hurricane season. And uh, so always go over and check us out at uh, FLTeams.com. And of course, our sponsor, you guys hear us talk about them every week. Can't say enough good things. Time to close out that portfolio and symbol for your fo- for your football season. But symbol, you guys know, is the stock market for sports. Allows you to trade sports teams like stocks. Um, earn cash payouts when your team wins. Symbol basically blended sports in the stock market so you can profit off your favorite teams. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the already 6,000-plus early adopters who have started to profit from their sports knowledge, you can visit www.symbol.com. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. Or visit the link that is uh, scrolling through here in the description. When you go on, make sure when you open up your free account that you use the um, code FLTEAMS. That will give you a $10 deposit bonus to help you start off in building your portfolio. So with all that out of the way, EJ, how's the hangover feeling from the Super Bowl, man? At, at, I don't, you know, I don't think it's set in yet. You know, similar to the Rams players probably don't, it, it hasn't really, the, mentally they haven't digested the fact that they're world champs. I don't, I don't think I'm ready yet to come to, I think I'll live on this high for another day or two. I don't think I'm ready yet to come to terms with the fact that the NFL season's over, man. Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely not. And I can just tell you that from being a Dolphins fan in the offseason might be the most exhausting time of the entire year to be a Dolphins fan, hmm. even in good years. Even yeah. in good years. Y'all are going to be busy. Replacing everything. The rumors of this and that and this guy coming and that guy going. And it's just – unfortunately, when there's not news, a lot of people will make news. And, um, you know, so, I, yeah, it's going to take a little while for me to get over this one. But, hey, man, as far as, as, far as for the end of the – you know, end of this, the football season, the way these playoffs went – I thought it was a great game, man. What would you I, think? I mean, dude, from start to like from a playoff perspective, from start to finish, there was three point games left and right. Whether it came down to the final possession, like this one did, you know, a, a big Aaron Donald play, um, or whether it was something like Buffalo and and uh, uh, Kansas City, where they had you know twenty five points in three minutes, or I just. There was so much electricity for this year's playoffs, man. It, it was seems like playoffs that we haven't felt in a while. The new faces in the in in the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers, the Titans dumped out early, man. I I was just, I guess it's starting to set in now. Yeah, here's the thing, man. And um, you and I just talked, and we touched on it before. It's weird, maybe adding the extra team and only giving the one team the buy and all the other stuff. It just felt like this year, I don't think, if you would have took most NFL fans, average NFL fans, when the playoffs started, hardly anybody outside of a Bengals fan would have told you Cincinnati was going to be there. Oh, absolutely. Right? And, and, and there were still some Rams people that were kind of on that board, but it was kind of wishy-washy in between. Yeah. 
right? So it's funny. I felt like this was a playoff that I don't know that we got the two absolute best teams in the NFL to face yeah. each other, yeah. but we found the two hottest teams at the right time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Similar to March Madness basketball. Like, it doesn't matter what your record is. Once you get in the tournament, it's it's brand new, right? It's, it's, it's who can get hot or who's hot going into the tournament. I mean, with these two teams, Rams had some expectations early. They go trade for Vaughn Miller. They trade for for Odell Beckham, and then and then it's like, oh man, these expectations are real. They start to kind of fall off. I think they lost like three or four out of six games at some point during the towards the back end of the season. And then and then the Bengals doing what they did, man. That with with this young crew, your your star wide receiver is a rookie, first time he's been touching an NFL field, and for them to go knock off the Titans in Tennessee, knock off Kansas City in Kansas City. I don't know how you get much besides, you know, losing the Super Bowl. You don't get much more storybook than that. No, you really don't. And I mean, the way that they did it, it was, it was crazy. Cause I know we, we mentioned before, like all the big gaudy stats that you remember Joe Burrow putting up in all these other games, you go back and you really look at, at Burrow's entire playoffs. He didn't really light it on fire. No. I mean, he made big plays when he needed to make big yes. plays. Yes. Right. Um, yep. But, but he wasn't throwing up like gaudy numbers and, and huge no. stats. And this was, you know, again, um, there was there was a meme that, that flew around way too much again from uh, Dolphins Twitter. As soon as uh, the Bengals drafted Jamar Chase, yeah, right. It was like the uh, the, the little stick figures of Penay Sewell in front of Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow throwing to somebody who was open, right? Jamar Chase wide open, <laughs> nobody blocking for Joe, and little stick man Joe on the ground. I know it came true. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and again, that's I think that's what we talked about coming into the, the Super Bowl, seven sacks. And that's, I mean, that's just sacks. They were they were in space all day. I mean, he was getting popped every time he yeah. went back. Yeah. Dude, Raheem Morris did a, 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 a heck of a job adjusting in that second half, adjusting Aaron Donald in that second half and freeing him up. He knew the double teams were coming, right? The, the weakest point of that that Bengals offensive line is that that right guard position Quentin Spain dude he got eaten up all night when Aaron Donald was lined up in between the guard of the tackle the guard in the center um right in the trench man he got eaten up all night and once Raheem Morris took note of that and he knew that he was going to eat Quentin Spain up they had to bring a double either from the center or from the tackle that was going to leave Vaughn Miller Leonard Floyd a, a blitzing backer like there was so much havoc created in that second half from that Rams front seven that it was insane. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's kind of crazy, too, because I know we did props and all that other stuff. But Joe Mixon, I mean, at the end of this game, Mixon quietly gets 72 yards, averaging 4.8 a carry. If you would have told me that prior to, like when we were talking about it, the only way we said we could even possibly see Cincinnati staying close is that Mixon has to have a pretty good game. And, I mean, yeah. that was on pace, man. 15 and, carries, 72 yards. And, and and I think that was the Bengals' demise was not keeping him involved. You were ahead at one point. Why are we – I mean, the, the dude averaged 4.9 yards a carry throughout the game. Like you said, 15 carries for 72 yards. They didn't get the running back screen game involved to slow down the pass rush because when you get that screen game involved, when you get a draw play involved – and you get all those d- those defensive players over pursuing. They now have to scale back a little bit, and they have to they have to wait and prepare for either the screen, the bubble screen, the jet sweep. I don't think there was enough intricacies in the Bengals' offense to carry them through. It, 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 I mean, it was the the Rams shut it down that whole second half, man. Like the, the entire second half. 
Yeah. And dude, Zach Taylor and the guys picked a hell of a time to give Samar JP Ryan one of his two carries. Dude. You're third and one in the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. You're gonna hand it off to the third down back. I mean, and he look, he would have had that too, but Aaron Donald literally grabbed him by the waist and pulled him a yard back on yeah. third and one. Yeah. Like, like, and, I, and I think and I think we talked uh I, I just remember from from for me anyway, one of my keys to the Bengals victory was the involvement of Joe Mixon, was the involvement of the running back group. Whether it's it's handing the ball off to him, whether it's getting him out on a screen, I don't. They, they, I mean, they only involved Mixon fifteen times for you know the fifteen carries. Samaje Piron, uh, Samaje P. I mean, Samaje Piron had two carries for for no yards. Like the production showed itself for Joe Mixon. He ripped off some good runs that game, you know, and everything was fairly consistent: six, eight, twelve yard chunks. You have a lead. I don't know why you're not keeping this this defense honest. And using him, everyone knew the ball was going to Jamar Chase, right? Yeah. T. Higgins, as as much as I love to see him score and how he lit it up for the Bengals, that that wasn't OPI against uh, Jalen oh Ramsey. God. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, it, but but if you look at it, if not for that play, because he scored on that play, it's a ten point ball game. It's not close. Right. So I think the lack of continued involvement for for Joe Mixon, I, I, it just it changes the game plan, man. It it it. It, it doesn't allow the Rams to have to be um, uh, a little safeguarded when it comes to that pe- pass rush. So yeah, I, I was a little disappointed in it. It looked like the Bengals did go very vanilla um, because if they were going to take this away from you and they were going to keep bringing the blitz, then you got to yeah. do something again to back that off. Uh, yeah. Bubble screens, sweeps, jet sweeps, anything. But they didn't really get creative at all. I mean, they just kind of lined it up and, and went, you know, normal three wide and tried to take it from there. Um, yeah. You know, it, it really was questionable. I don't know if they were trying to not make mistakes again. Um, yeah. You know, at some point, again, I think that the, the moment catches you, whether it be coach or player. Yeah. And you start tightening up. Yeah. Um, I think that I think they played once they got the lead anyway. I think they played more to not lose the game than they did to win the game. And I think it was kind of the Titans issues when they played Cincinnati in the playoffs is, you know, they they overcoached themselves, essentially. The, the game plan was there and and it was it was it was Joe Mixon to a to a degree get him involved and then and then you can play off of him because he was 15 carries for 72 yards it doesn't matter how you chop it up that's success 4.9 yeah. yards a carry is success yeah. and I think that was you know the 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 you know the straw that broke the camel's back essentially was you know like you said they didn't simplify it enough to where they had to use their strength against against the Rams the weakness. Well, and look, this game was a tell of two games in, in my whole th- look. The whole thing changed when OBJ went down. Yes. Um, oh, yes. Beckham, they they had no answer for him early. Like no. two catches for fifty yards and a touch. I mean, and and he was explosive and the way he yeah. was making plays. They were having to take everything. They they could not focus and take Cup out of the game the way that they tried to and did right. for most of the second half with Beckham yeah. in the game. I mean that that injury. If it weren't for that injury, I still would say we're looking at a fourteen point game. I mean, oh, were, uh, well, oh yeah. Well, if you look at it too, OBJ at at, at at his top game level, he's he's about good enough to beat almost any corner one on one. There's a few that are going to give him trouble. The Marshawn Lattimore's, um, the Stephon Gilmore's. There's a few that are going to give him trouble. But if you have to shadow Cooper Cup with a safety and you can't bring someone else over 
to shadow OBJ, I mean, that's barbecue chicken, dude. He's going to eat that up all day long. And then when he went down, dude, it was it was almost like the, the wind was taken out of their sails. They, it, oh, yeah. You know, they, they, they'd gone to Cooper Cup. They, they actually went to him more – I think they went to him four or five times on that last drive, you know, yeah. that resulted in a touchdown. But – the the air the momentum was taken out of their sails because there was so much early success with oh, yeah. OBJ eating up that side of the ball field. Yeah, they were moving the ball like effortlessly. I mean, it was good. It looked like it was going to get ugly fast. I think the and, first thing I think me and you texted about it, and it was like, hey, uh, Saint, uh, the the Rams went down and scored, and then the 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 Bengals had like a three and out, or they went for it on fourth down in their own territory yeah. at the fifty, and we were like, hey. If this, if this, if this, if this drive is a is a shell of what happens the rest of the game, oh, the Bengals are in trouble, like yeah. trouble, trouble. Yeah. yeah, and and I think you know, hats off again. It took, I think it took um, the guys a little bit of time to to adjust, right? I mean, it took the coaching staff a little bit because no matter how much you want Van Jefferson to be Odell Beckham, he's not. No, and you know, trying to to throw those little fades out. What I love, man, I remember us talking about this coming into the Super Bowl. We talked about two different approaches from two different sides. One team where there were guys who have been in this league, they've done this, they work hard, they study the film, not get, taking anything away from the Bengals, just saying there's a little more hard-earned, um, you know, experience on that Rams side. Yeah, yeah. The fourth quarter showed that, man. Ooh, the fourth yeah. quarter was when it was time because they had been taking Cup completely out of the game. Yeah. And to watch Stafford on that last drive, constantly he was toying with Von Bell he, he was you know no look not your sexy Pat Mahomes no looks right yeah he was no look passing the cup hey non-stop. if we're gonna if we're gonna looking Bell off if we're gonna be real too Matthew Stafford being Detroit you know the the, the publicity wasn't there like it is with Mahomes and and, and Tyreek Hill and you know the explosive offense yeah. they have in Kansas City Matthew Stafford's been doing the no-look passes since since Patty Mahomes was in diapers. It's nothing yep. new. It just doesn't get publicized and televised like it does with Patrick Mahomes. And then and then Stafford does it, and it's like, oh, that's okay. It was it, that was one of the best plays. That was one of the most Lord. crucial plays of the game. Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes had done that on on a final drive to score a touchdown to take the lead in the Super Bowl, we I mean they'd still be replaying it right now, and we'd be talking yeah. about Pat Mahomes is one of the greatest QBs to ever play, and that no look pass kind of cemented it. Well, we've got to carry that same energy for Matthew Stafford too. He really, when it counted, that's when they came through. Yeah, um, that last drive, it really just was. We're going to cup. You know, we're coming to cup. Do something about it. Yeah. And if you can stop it, great. But, you know, and maybe got bailed out. But look, I'm not even going to give anybody shit about that holding call or pass interference down by the end zone because the the face mask for the, the oh. hit. I mean, you and, know, and, and, and to say, like, hey, you know, uh, eye for an eye, like, that, that both, they both led right. to touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. So if you take those touchdowns off the board, uh, I'm pretty sure the Rams were still winning at that point. So, Absolutely. uh, I'm not I've been seeing a lot of, you know, conspiracy theories going around that this proves the NFL is rigged. And I'm like, but you guys are completely negating the fact that they had a, a 80 yard bomb on a very, very blatant OPI call. Like yeah. it wasn't just like a little shove and there was both some contact or someone got tripped up on someone's feet. There was a very blatant, whether T. Higgins meant to hit him in the face mask or not, there was, yes, the very extremely blatant. So, I'm not with the the NFL is rigged type thing. I think there's too many variables that play into a rigged game unless yeah. you 
unless you are just talking solely on penalties. Like you said, at, if you want to play that, the, okay, the eye for an eye. You guys scored a touchdown on uh, was a 76-yard bomb to T. Higgins. Yeah. That was an obvious OPI. Right. And, I mean, look, and if we were still, if you look at the play, I mean, the linebacker absolutely held him. I mean, he had his hand on his waist. It is what it is on that. But, yeah. man, that, that throw from Stafford to Cup, like that, it doesn't get much better than that. Just no. the one step back, fade to the outside. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Well, and then perfect. on the other side of the ball, we talk about the crucial drop by Tyler Boyd. That cru- I mean, it would have kept the drive alive, right? They would have been able to burn more clock. That uh, and 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 Joe Burrow had it wasn't a no look pass, but he was kind of the same thing. He was feeling pressure in front of him. He went kind of off one back foot and dude threw a dime, one of the best passes that Burrow had thrown that whole game. A dime to Tyler Boyd, right where it's supposed to be, right, right where every receiver wants yeah. it in between the numbers, and you drop it because you're either looking upfield too early or you hear some footsteps. One of the two played played the factor there, dude. That was something else that kind of took the wind out of their sails, too. Yeah. And, and you know, here's, I think running up to this, everybody fell in love with Joe Burrow. Everybody fell in love with the Bengals. And that's great. But, you know, realistically, let's go back and look at this. We, I think we lose track of this sort of stuff. Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. He, he what, won one Super Bowl, right? So yeah. And it's been 11 years. Right. And, and he's Joe also always. And he's also 0 and 5 against the the San Fran or 0 and 4 against the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. Yeah, Drew Brees. You know, um, sometimes sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle, and sometimes you don't. And you know, people breaking it down. Cincinnati's in a tough division, man. Um, oh yeah. Pittsburgh's gonna be Pittsburgh's gonna be better um, yep. because I, I'm sorry, I don't know who they're replacing Roethlisberger with, but they're gonna be better. Juju will be healthy. Najee will have another year. They'll get better at the line and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ben, it was time. Yeah, um, uh, it had it had been time. Right. And, <laughs> no pun. No pun. No pun intended. And and Baltimore, Baltimore was completely decimated all year. I mean, oh they're, they're yeah. Oh yeah. Running backs off the wire. I mean, oh. you know, off the streets. So Baltimore's going to be better. Cleveland, eh, who knows? But yeah, you know, Cincinnati, who knows, man? Who knows what what this becomes? Um, yeah. And and the same can be said for the Rams on the other side. For a completely different reason. Yeah. I mean, I think this Rams team was put together. A lot of pieces were mercenary. Yeah. And it was for one reason. Yeah. And you accomplished it. Yeah. It was that it was that business approach kind of that we talked about before. It was like, hey, we're not bringing these guys together to give them, you know, a uh, 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 Kobe Bryant, you know, uh, RIP Kobe. We're not giving them a farewell a farewell tour. Like we're bringing them to LA, and we have one goal this year, and that's to hoist the Lombardi, whoever it's against, hoist the Lombardi at the end of this at the end of this whole thing. And you know what? It reminds me of the Florida Marlins back in the day, right? When they were the Florida Marlins, and you yeah, flying in Kevin Brown, and like you put together a team for a reason. You went, you accomplished it. So be. I mean, hey, as a, as a Dolphin fan, I think you say the same as a Titan fan. If yep. we gambled like that for one year, I'd take the ring, right? Yeah. I'd take the yeah. ring, and, and you know what? It is what it is because yeah. Von Miller's probably not coming back, right? Von I mean, if, if 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 he does, I don't see it being for more than a year. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, almost almost get your last season. But but again, like what we alluded to earlier, like what it would be for Aaron Donald, like 
there's not a Andrew Whitworth. There's not a more perfect high to go out on. You just won the Super Bowl. Why would you come back and you know go out on a season where you don't make the playoffs or you get you get pummeled in the first round? You know what I mean? Something catastrophic, or you go out with an injury. You know what I mean? Like there's a this is if there if you're gonna go out, <laughs> you you go out after you win the Super Bowl and and after you guys dominated that late third into the fourth quarter. I mean that's the all time high right there. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald had one of the most productive games we've probably seen from a defensive player in the Super Bowl. Um, I, he was in the backfield the entire time, two sacks. He was in Burrow's space nonstop, countless run stops, and then all the other stuff that Aaron Donald does that you can't put in a box score. Right. Which was they were having to double down on him and chip him with running backs all day long. Um, he was getting two, three times, you know, the, the amount of attention of anybody else on the line, right. which allowed those guys to go through and tee off. Yep. So you've got Donald probably maybe walking away. I'll tell you, dude, the interview at the end of the game with Aaron Donald, it reminded me what I love about sports, man. I'm oh, not trying yeah. to get too sentimental on stuff. Oh. But like what I like, yeah, did I think it was funny watching Brady and, and Gronk throw the, the Lombardi across two boats as they were. Oh, sure. Okay. It was fun. <laughs> right, I, it was good. But the, the interview with Donald where he's just in that moment, Right. And I almost felt bad, especially for people who are in the media or whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, she's doing her job. She's asking him questions. Sure. Sure. But, and, and he was professional about everything, but just that look of like, I don't know. I'm in this moment right now. Like, yeah. Like, just here with where I am. And it was, it, it was it. so, it was so true and it was so organic. Like, not to say Tom Brady has any less of an organic feel when he talks about, you know, the, the, the love he has for winning a Super Bowl. But it would be completely different if you, if Aaron Donald had seven of them. You know what I mean? Like, not to say it's getting old, like we knew we'd be here. But Tom Brady comes into every year and he's like, boom, Super Bowl, boom, Super Bowl, boom, Super Bowl. You can't say that about Aaron Donald. The last time he was there, they they laid a daggum egg in the uh, more off more so offensively than de- than defensively. But I, like you said, like you alluded to, like that's why you love sports is those kind of true organic moments, man. There's, I mean, there's not much like it at all. No. And I mean, Cooper Cup, um, again, I haven't followed the guy that much, but hell, how did I miss a beard like that? Like, I don't Beautiful. know why when I'm watching him on the field, how do I not see that beard? Like, Beautiful. After the game, it was huge. Beautiful, man. Hey, first player besides Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice won the Triple Crown, um, uh, Super Bowl, and a Super Bowl MVP. He did it, he did it one time, right? Uh, Cooper Cup accomplished that in his fifth year in the league. It's crazy. I, I, if if we're talking about top receivers in the league right now, I, I think if I, I'm a big DeAndre Hopkins advocate, I love the guy when he's healthy. Uh, with the you know similar to what Stafford did in Detroit with what he had to put up with to a little bit of a lesser degree. Uh, I, I I watched an interview on DeAndre Hopkins a while back. The guy couldn't even name all the quarterbacks he's been through in his tenure in his tenure with and and still had the production, still top five in receiving yards, catches. Uh, touchdowns, to me anyway, Cooper Cooper Cup and and DeAndre Hopkins when he's healthy are uh, are like a one A one B type of thing. You could throw someone else in there, but dude, that that Cooper Cup man, yeah. Hey, look, There's, you, you it's off, not volumes, much to say about him. Yeah, you want to speak volumes about who he is as a person? <laughs> uh, since the Super Bowl, he's the only guy I've seen defending Eli Apple. He's the only one. He actually, yeah. it, it, they asked him about that last throw, and he was like, it's actually pretty good coverage. 
Like he was yeah. only where he should have been. You know, Matt made the throw. He's like, you know, we knew we were getting the slant. I jabbed him inside, got a corner, and Matt threw a perfect back shoulder. He was like, yeah. you know, good coverage. Everybody else was roasting Eli. And oh yeah, Cooper Cup, the guy who beat him for the touchdowns, like, hey man, he, he, it was actually good coverage. Not only that, but the the epitome of hard work will get you where you need to be. He was a zero star recruit out of high school. Uh, got on at Eastern Washington. Came to the league. I mean, no one knew his name for the first two or three years. No. He started to take off a little bit with with uh, um, with Jared Goff, and then we knew he was going to be a ball player the past couple of years, right? We knew there was potential, and absolutely lit up the scene this year. Uh, do you hear how humble he is when he talks to when he was doing his Super Bowl MVP talk? You would you would never you would never think that guy just got the award he that he got. I know there's a little bit of shock, a little bit of adrenaline, but but the way he talked, like I would never assume that this guy is a top one or two receiver no. in the league right now. Anti swag. If everything yeah. about Cincinnati was swag, anti swag. I mean, yeah. I think at first he had the cat pulled down so far, and he just like ducked down, like no eye contact, not looked at the camera. No, he was like, well, we worked really hard, and like yeah, yeah. I mean, kept kept it plain, Jane. But you know that's 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 yeah, and that's and that's yeah, that's it's hard to not say, man. Stafford, first year here, him and Brady, the only two quarterbacks, by the way, to switch teams and win the Super Bowl the following year. Only two in NFL history to do that. For him, the humbleness that comes with these guys—they're in LA, man. The, the the roster is a star-studded cast. It's almost like the Expendables. Uh, it, the movie like you have you have every major action star in the movie right they had a lot of action stars on their roster they continue to remain humble we're not looking past anyone and they had the roster too too like if you're looking at oh, it yeah. on paper they had the roster to look past a bunch of teams and say mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're not worried about them today yeah uh, we're not we're, we're gonna look on the next week we, we got this right. team next week but to remain as humble as they did in that la atmosphere in that brand new sofi stadium one of the one of the more all moments for for me, honestly. Oh, I, and look, man, I think a sad moment that comes out of this. I touched on it earlier, but Beckham, who knows at this point, man? I mean, yeah. I'm glad he's got a ring. Um, the the last time he he blew out a knee, you know, we already didn't know if we were going to see Odell back to being Odell, and it just barely was getting back to that. And now it's the other knee. Um, yep, so. I did hear it's I did hear it's confirmed a torn ACL as well. I don't know if you heard that part yet. Yeah. Um, and then Eric Weddle, well, we we talked about it briefly on that on that tackle we hit Torres Peck. That dude at thirty freaking thousand years old, 30, 35 years old, coming off two years of no football, comes in. The dude's a difference maker. He was a difference maker for them. Absolutely. Had the had the green dot on his helmet. Was calling the defensive plays. Makes a tackle like that on Joe Mixon. Tears his peck. Gets essentially a sling put on to keep everything nice and tight. And, and plays the rest of the game at 30, 35, 36 years old. And you could see he was playing one arm. It wasn't oh, absolutely. Like, oh, the cured everything. Like, literally, he was, like, leading everything with the left. Oh, like, he could absolutely. do nothing over here. He was done. And, absolutely. You know, so it's great to see him get that. Um, but, you know, there's also been talk with McVeigh. I mean, McVeigh's talking about, you know, he's getting married and, you know, talking about family. And, you yep. know, the yep. problem with having people in L.A. is they're in L.A., you know, um, how much is LeBron focusing on, uh, you know, making sure those Lakers get another ring as much as he's focused on being in the uh, next friggin' uh, Space Jam movie? Space, right? space, it's, it's Space Flop. It's a Space oh, Flop space movie. Flop. Dude, <laughs> I, 
I think, look, I know it's all for the confidence of football, but I think that might have been like, I've, I've had mixed feelings when it comes to LeBron. I could go on for hours and hours. But when they Thanks. talked to him about, like, it was in the playoffs, and they asked him about, like, how it felt losing out or whatever, and he made the reference to, well, like, I'm looking forward to playing with the Toon squad. And I'm like, kidding me right now? We, we know, hey, hey, we know where your head's at. We, we exactly. You're, you're just you just told jail? us. Yeah, tell me you're not invested without telling me you're not invested. <laughs> exactly, right? So, but you see McVeigh, he's got those LA looks, right? Yes. He's got yep. his ring now. Yep. Um, his coaching staff's getting completely pilfered. I mean, I'm sure you saw that today, but Kevin O'Connell uh signed, yep. he's going to be the head coach and Minnesota. Then, um, right. And then I think the running backs coach or the wide receivers coach, one of those guys is following him to Minnesota for the OC yep. position. Yep. Um so you're you're you know I guess Raheem will still be there, um, yeah. but but again, yeah, like we talked about, I mean, if you're going to go out, even at 36 years old, youngest coach in, in NFL history to win a Super Bowl, with 36 years old, he's five years older than me. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and you're gonna you, you want to go out with a bang, just like we alluded to with Von Miller, um, Aaron Donald, this is the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know. Uh, you've got to have love, right? And we were, we were talking just a little bit before about college football or other stuff, but like you got to question sometimes you either got love for the game or you don't have love for the game. And yeah. I mean, at some point everybody had it and you still have it because that's what you show up to do. But there's also that point of like, you know, uh, well, let's go back to who, who was the uh, the youngest uh, youngest coach to win a Super Bowl pre-McVay was what? It was uh, Sean Payton? Mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah, head coach, right? Yeah, head coach. Yeah. Yeah, so Sean Payton with New Orleans, right? Hasn't been able to go back to do it ever again. So what does Payton's legacy become? Yeah. I mean, you got the Super Bowl, but then all those years behind that of, you know, what do you and, think? And, and, and he had a roster offensively anyway. He had a roster every yeah. year. Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, and then, you know, Alvin Kamara comes onto the scene. Yeah. Obviously, I hope they get whatever sorted out with him taken care of and, and he gets to show his face on, on, on an NFL roster again. Um, but you know, if, if you're Sean McVay, I'm 36 years old. I'm, 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 I'm about to start essentially the rest of my life. If, if I have, if I have contemplation of leaving, why would it not be this year rather than coming back next year, your roster be depleted? Because if you have, dude, if you lose Aaron Donald, I don't care if you have Jalen Ramsey on the outside or not. Your, your corners, for the most part, are as good as your pass rush. Even the best yeah. corners in the NFL get broken down when they're put on an island for four or five seconds, right? Absolutely. So those DBs are as good as that pass rush essentially allows them to be outside of their own individual talent. When you lose a guy like Aaron Donald, it, it, it has been a, 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 a very long time frame since we've seen someone cause the wreckage that he does up front. I mean, when you lose someone just like Aaron Donald, you almost start over anyway from a defensive perspective. So then you, you almost begin to go back and wonder where it's, you know, I mean, I think he said he's definitely coming back. But I was just curious looking through it, right? Um, going back to look at this year's playoffs compared to the year before in 2020, right? So we go back through this. You had in the AFC last year, Indianapolis, right? Cleveland. Baltimore, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and KC. Those were seven. Um, so if we pull that back out this year, what? Cleveland wasn't there. Baltimore nope. wasn't there. 
So you lost two out of that. Yeah. But the others still made the run coming back. Yeah. Um, on the NFC side, you had Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, Washington football team, Tampa, Rams, and Bears. No Bears. That one got that one got completely turned upside down. Right. No Bears. No Washington. No Seattle. No New Orleans. Right. Yeah. So again, when you talk about, I think Brady, Brady and Belichick did the greatest con job making us as NFL fans think that it's just normal to go to oh. eight Super Bowls in oh, ten yeah. years. You know, I mean, it's. <laughs> It was the most abnormal shit. There's a decade of football fans who don't understand that it's not normal to be in 70% of all the Super Bowls. Well, and, 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 and not only that, but, you know, every, every, every bet to start the year, Super Bowl odds, right? Yep. There wasn't one when, – when, when Brady was with Belichick in New England, I can't remember one year that they weren't – But you know, before Patrick Mahomes, obviously, pre-Patrick Mahomes – I can't remember a year where they weren't the number one favorite or the number two favorite, and it was very, very close between that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think when you say that, it's like, again, everybody thought Kansas City, you know, you got two years in a row, and here it's going to come. And no, Kansas City gets bounced. So the NFL, for, for at least what all the other leagues at least say that they want, which is parity, right? I think the NFL truly has found that mix of where parity lies. Because, I mean, even this year, coming into week 17, week 18, you know, there were 20-some teams alive. You yeah. know, everybody oh. still had a shot. Oh, yeah. And then you end up with two four-seeds playing in the Super Bowl. So yeah. it's one of those things where there's nothing guaranteed if you're in Cincinnati. There's nothing no. at all. No. Uh, and you know, uh, health, LA. Yep. Health plays a factor. Coaching plays a factor. Um uh, contracts play a factor. Can you keep this guy? Can you keep this guy? Do we have cap space without it being, you know, complete? Like like with Kansas City, they're they're pretty much contract stuck with that Patrick Mahomes, right? Which is nothing to complain about. But there's not a lot of flexibility from the defensive side of the football that they can give, unless they, you know, uh, 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 finagle someone's numbers and give them more guaranteed than they do contract money. But I mean, you 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 handicap your franchise. By dumping money, there's there's no guarantee with Cincinnati at all. There's so many variables that play. I mean, unless you're a Tom Brady type of football team, where people they'll take nine hundred thousand dollars, which is still a load of money. They'll take nine hundred thousand dollars to come play with you just because they're odds on Super Bowl favorites every year. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so it you know there's there's nothing like we say guaranteed for that. Two years in a row, you have the home team win the, the Super Bowl, like legit Ooh. home team. Ooh. So you know where next year's Super Bowl is, right? Where? Arizona. Oh. <laughs> oh Kyler and the boys. Hey, if, if we if, if three in a row happens, if if Arizona's roster is constructed remotely the same as it is this year, and they end up in the Super Bowl. I'll start to roll with some of the conspiracy theorists right. on on right. if we have some fixtures going on. And if that happens, that's I'll, I'll succumb to it to a degree. You know, another thing that I was thinking about as we're just going over this, we talked about before the game how we thought Ramsey would just lock Chase up, right? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, and, and he did. Yeah. But hats off. When you watch near the end of the game, like situationally, they took him away from Chase when they knew they needed to take him away from Chase. Yeah. Like he was the one on Boyd on that drop, wasn't he? The one that, uh, that was coming through. Well, I think it was I think it was a zone and I think that safety kind of bit down a little bit. But he was I think he was on that side of the field when that slant route was thrown to Tyler Boyd. 
Yeah, they were talking. I was watching something break down where they were showing where the where the where it was basically calling for if they were going to have to slant, they were scheming putting Ramsey where they thought the ball was going to go. So yep. it was legitimately gambling on the other side of not just saying I'm going to lock your best guy up, but yeah. saying I think here's where your scheme's going, right? And I'm going to put him on that, right? And, and he did an unbelievable job. And you know, much like I think we talked about in, in our preview, and I know we talked about it in the props. I knew we all knew Chase would get him one time. Chase would get by him one time. I mean, how yeah. can you not? I mean, yeah. he's still a special athlete. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, if, if Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup's a fast guy, right? He he's got some wheels on him. If he had wheels like Jamar Chase does, with the route technician that he is, dude, like you want to? It's a it's a number one receiver, no brainer every year. Already broke yeah. fantasy records, uh, fantasy football records, triple crown. Um, Cup's the fourth player since 1970 to achieve the triple crown. You know, coming coming with Jerry Rice, uh, Sterling yeah. Sharp, um, and he's the la- the last player previous to Cooper Cup to get that triple crown. Not even including the Super Bowl championship and the Super Bowl MVP uh, was was Steve Smith back in 2005. Cooper Cup's the yeah. first one in history to do all those things in one season: triple crown, Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl MVP, first guy in the books to do it. And you know what got scary is it was very reminiscent of watching Brady and Welker or Brady and Edelman, you know, that the way that Stafford and Cup are connecting. When you have a guy who's running that precise of a route, it can oh, set yeah. it up to get where he needs to be. And you've got a quarterback who understands and knows that and can read it. Him and Stafford being on the same page, that's dangerous, man. To have a connection yep. like that in their first year, like that, that's special. Well, and, and not only that, you know, we, we talk about the rapport that they built. Cooper Cup's not only a route technician. Like, he doesn't only uh, uh, work hard at his craft every time he steps on the field, every time he laces the cleats. He, he knows, being as good as he is skill-wise, he's, he's, that much, he's that much better mentally, too. So he can take advantage of you if you're giving inside leverage or if you're giving outside leverage, if you have one foot drop back or if your hips are square to him. He knows exactly what to do. There's almost no way to cover him. You hope for a drop or you hope for a bad throw and ball. I mean, the guy is just that good. Yeah. I I mean, so I think that fourth quarter was flawless. It was everything that we thought Stafford and and Cup were going to come together with. And that's what big-time players do. Um, I don't know why. I mean, the game was close the whole time, but I don't think there was ever really a moment that I thought Cincinnati was going to win. I mean, they um, had the lead, and I, I, I see that, and literally, like, I don't know, maybe I was zoned out and whatever it was on Sunday, but literally I look up on that last drive, and I'm like, oh, shit, there's only a minute 30. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, yeah. Because wow, that was a fast Super Bowl, too, right? Dude, that Super Bowl flew by, man. Yeah. Like. Like uh, I, I was looking at it, and and before I knew it, it was thirteen ten going into halftime, and I'm like, "What? We just watched two full two full quarters with with Super Bowl ads and everything." Yeah. We, because I think the game ended probably a little after ten p.m. Central Time, and mm-hmm. dude, I remember before eleven eleven fifteen, we were you know the fourth quarter was ending, and they were getting to the celebratory part of the the, the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Fourth quarter came around, and I'm like, "Huh? Two minute warning? Yeah. Huh?" We're yeah. that far away. No way, man. No way. I know. It, it really kind of flew by. So it was one of those where it's like, I just kind of expected that when the Rams got the ball, the last drive, they were going to score. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, again, hats off because whatever game plan they had together, firmly, if Beckham yeah. is healthy, 
If Beckham stays healthy that whole game, I think that one really would have got ugly. I just don't and, think Cincinnati had an answer. And you know what? It it may be it may be so jealous because the Titans, you know, we we lost to the Bengals first round for our first round. The last drive of the game, Matthew Stafford hit Cooper Cup every chance he got. Doesn't matter if it was double coverage. Doesn't matter what the route was. He was force feeding his best player, and it was like, hey, if we go down, we're going down by our number one. It's yep. that, that's that's the only option. With with Henry Ailing not being the factor that he was, twenty carries for thirty yards ish, thirty one yes. yards. For me, it was so deflating seeing that happen because Tannehill could have done that with AJ Brown, and we may be talking a different Super Bowl scenario right now. The, the way that the way that he forced and, and you can force getting Cooper Cup involved, right? You're not throwing to to, to Westbrook Akina between triple right. coverage when 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 the ball game's tied and you don't have to force anything because you can just go to overtime. The way he 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 forced getting Cooper Cup involved, man. It even draws their connection stronger, in my opinion, than it was before, because he knows at the end of the day, Cooper Cup knows at the end of the day, Matthew Stafford knows at the end of the day, the world knows at the end of the day, when when the when the chips are on the line and and someone's going all in, they're going all in with a handful of Cooper Cup is what they're going all in for with. Yeah, and that's dude, that's one of those things that it's got to be so frustrating from a defensive side, um, because you know they they were playing a lot of that what they did against Kansas City in the second half. So yeah. they were dropping back again, going into a shell, rushing three, rushing four. Um, yeah. But you, you just couldn't do anything about it. You knew where it was going to go, and there was nothing you could do about it. And, that's, and I think you know. I think the game would have been much uglier had the Rams' run game not laid an egg. Oh. Cam Akers, you know, granted he didn't fumble, and we all were probably holding our breath every time he touched the ball. Right. You know, for the folks that were going for the Rams – that that run game was non-existent. It was it was Casper the friendly ghost, and it just did not. You couldn't see it, right? No, I didn't think at. I didn't think the Rams were going to lose, but in the back of my mind, I was like, "There's no way you can be this inefficient on the ground, and 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 it be a tw- a three point ball game, and you're still going to win." On the other side, the 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 Bengals didn't feed their beast, man. Which, yeah. in my opinion. That was that was the downfall. They they had to keep him going. They had to keep Stafford and that offense off the field. The Rams had been susceptible to the run all year. The Niners gashed him. Um, you know, three games this year on the ground with Debo Samuel, a little bit of Elijah Mitchell. But dude, feature more 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 cowbell, more cowbell. You know yeah. what I mean? A, a feed right. feed that man. When you think about it, again, the Rams averaged literally less than two yards of carry. Oh, dude, it was all it was um like. I'm obviously not in the NFL, and that was painful to watch. Like as 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 people who are just spectating, I was like, "There's no way, man!" Like that's, uh, there's that's eighty percent of the Dolphins games I've seen in the past two years. <laughs> we're really is like we're gonna try to run it and just keep trying, you know. Um, well, and and you but, guys had success against the Titans when you guys played them towards yeah. the end of the year. Duke Johnson was eating up yards to start that yeah. game, and then it's like, oh. It's raining. Let's throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it never made any sense. But, but yeah, man, I mean, you're talking 23 carries. So they actually ran the ball more times than Cincinnati and ended up with 30-some fewer yards. Yeah, like you know what's crazy? They, they, kept pl- they tried to plug away at the run, too. They, they did try to consistently run, yeah. and it didn't work. Cincinnati stopped running the ball, and it was working. I, I think they outcoached themselves. A similar – 
maybe to a different degree of what the Titans did. I think they 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 complicated the game plan. I mean, you could look at that sheet and be like, Joe Mixon, 4.9 yards of carry. Hey, let's feed him until they prove a down or two that they can stop this guy. OBJ's out. We're confident in our in our in our uh, in our defense. They can't run the ball. They're not force feeding Cooper Cup. Let's take what we're being given right now and let's let's feed the horse, man. And and I'm hoping that these young coaches will eventually like there there should just be like one of those after school specials that they play for new coaches coming in the NFL. Yeah. Like, it's a Super Bowl, son. It's a tie game. You're in the first quarter. Why would you give you went three and out, right? And and you're gonna give the ball back to the other team at the 50, right? Yeah. Even yeah. if you convert on that, you still got to make something else out. Like it doesn't, you know. Look, like I, I know Stafford's first pick was bad, but yeah. Stafford's first pick was a, essentially a punt. It was right? an arm punt, right? It was right. an arm punt, and then you have Skronik dropping yet another ball, like he did a touchdown passing. It yeah. would have been against the 49ers. Skronik dropping another ball. Chidobi Awuzie being the, the the beneficiary of that. If you if you take away. People don't look at the 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 first Matthew Stafford pick as what it really was. It was essentially an arm punt. They're like, yeah. man, he he tried to force the ball. No, it was third and long. He tried to give his his receiver a chance in the end zone. I'm okay with that. As a fan, I'm yeah. okay with that. The second one was a, a tip pick. Like in no way, shape, or form that hit Skronik right here. Like the yeah. guy's got ten and a half inch hands. This this to him is 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 like this to me, right? He's massive right. hands. There's no reason why. That ball wasn't caught, brought into the body, drop. Don't worry about making a play after it. Catch it, bring it in, drop. And you know, we 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 you look at those things over and over, and it's like Stafford, Stafford didn't do anything that would have warranted them to lose that game, in my opinion. And I yeah. think that that fourth down that they went for, I, th- I think I texted you at it. I was like, I was like, what are they doing, man? They're going for it. This is this. I think that was a bit of their arrogance that kicked in right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they conquered some foes during the playoffs they beat some good teams during the playoffs in their home stadiums and i think that was a little bit of a uh, of an arrogance move i don't know if it was you know zach taylor that did it or if joe burrow was kind of lobbying for it but to me first drive of the game almost in in your own territory you go for it on fourth down play field position play the field position game like for me man it's over and over and i think it gets thrown around a lot Maybe it was Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was giving Matt Stafford no love, basically saying he's whatever. But either way, I, I agree with the point that like every generation tends to focus on their generation of what's going on, and those yeah. are the best ever, right? Like my, my thing with this whole coaching change, and I get the two-point conversion changed the game, but there were a lot of brilliant men who coached football yeah. for many, many years. Yeah. And there were reasons that they punted it. On fourth yes. and one from yes. midfield, yeah, they could just went for it just like you did. Just and they and they probably had better. Like the Rams' offensive line, I mean the Rams, the Bengals' offensive line was not good enough to be going for it on those no. on those fourth and short situations. Like the no. protection's not there. I'm gonna send this, this, and this. Maybe Joe Burrow hasn't seen a zero like this. Like you know what Stafford did against Tampa Bay. There was to me like your your team wasn't built like that at that yeah. point in time. The Rams hadn't shown offensive success. So it's not like they went down, scored a touchdown, and it's like, hey, you know, we we can't let this get out of hand because because that was too easy, which the Odell Beckham touchdown drive was too easy. That didn't happen for another drive or two after that. 
So at that point, you're not like, hey, we, we were going to be in trouble if we didn't go for it. There's no way that that could have been a thought process, a logical one anyway. Football is still more of attrition, man, and so much of it is field position. Just yes. like what we said, the difference between Stafford's first pick, that's a punt. I mean, yeah. if their punter would have kicked it from where he was and pinned it inside the five, everybody would be patting the guy on the back. Yeah. That's what you did, okay? Yeah. So that's a calculated turnover in what yes. it is. Yes. You've got to play that. When you when they're routinely starting inside the five, that means if you play good defense, you should be starting in your own 40 almost into this, right? Yes. That's yes. that attrition. That's that grind to get yourself in a position to score. Yeah. Right off the bat, like that's just such a kick in the gut. Who was it? Was it Sean Payton? It was somebody in one of the Super Bowls that came out and onside kick. Onside kick. It was when they played the Colts. They ended up yeah. covering it too. It was down in down in uh I think the Super Bowl was down in Miami that year. Yeah. 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 Kick came out and, kick, came out second first first kickoff uh, the kickoff of the second half comes out and kicks an onside kick. Like Yeah. Obviously it worked in their favor. They ended up winning the Super Bowl. Um but I, I don't – actually, they lost that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. No, they won that Super Bowl. Tracy Porter returned an interception for a touchdown. They won that Super Bowl. Was it that? I, I want to think I, – I don't know why I want to think that was uh, Lovey Smith with the Bears that did the onside. No, the, you're thinking no. of when, – when that was when the Bears – when they had, they had Rex Grossman, Thomas Jones. Yeah. That was when they played uh, – Peyton won that Super Bowl. That's when they played the Bears in That's Miami. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. No, Sean Payton did kick the onside kick because Hank Basket was the one that it popped out on. Hank Basket was the one that wasn't able to recover right, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he was an old, old Eagles receiver. He was an Eagles receiver at one point. Yeah, he came back down. But that's one of those things where it's like, you know, what what's that risk? You know, what's yeah. your risk reward? And yeah. that was my biggest thing. It's like Cincinnati, you would just struggle to move the ball to get into this fourth and one. Yeah. Right? So yes. even if you convert that, you're, yeah. we're, you weren't firing on all cylinders. This right, and, and 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 to your point right there, there was nothing during that Cincinnati drive that said, "Yeah, if we get this, we're, we're you know we're a shoe and score." That that drive was, you know, the first couple drives were that drive was a stalled, like lack lackadaisical. There wasn't much to it at all. It was yeah, it was energy deficient. There wasn't much there. They were kind of stuck. They had a play here and there that got them the four or six yards they needed, but there was nothing that you could have looked back on and said, "Hey." We have the track record going for us this game. We have the history going for us this game. It only makes sense to go for it. Yeah, and, and I think that was really – you could feel the momentum shift right there early, and then you get the score behind that. Yep. Then the Beckham one comes behind that. So, like, that's where it felt like that train had a chance to, to just go off the tracks. Like, Derail, it been, yeah. It could have been just completely over. Yeah. And then the winds come out of the cell with OBJ going down. You know what? I'm glad he got a ring, man. He did what he was supposed to do for half a year. Um, yeah. It seemed like he wasn't a big distraction. And well, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if you saw. Um, obviously, it was after. I think it, it may have been be- before the Super Bowl. Um, so obviously, pre-injury, Odell Beckham Jr. said, "If they, if you know, if they, if I, I will, I could, I will come back to LA on a on a on a uh, a player friendly deal. If we got." you know, somewhat of the same roster minus a piece or two because of, you know, cap casualties and stuff, he would end up being a cap casualty to be able to free up roster space for, you know, them to bring back Vaughn Miller or for them to give an extension to Aaron Donald if he wanted to come back. He was, which is, which is weird because that's, that's not the OBJ we knew in New York, right? The, the blonde, which he had purple hair, but the blonde dirty mop on his head and everything that, that wasn't the diva OBJ we saw before. He was all about his money and his numbers and 
And for him to say that, man, and then win a ring after it, I was like, dang, man, I've, I've never really been an OBJ fan. But he went through you-know-what in Cleveland. Like, the Giants sent him there to die from a career perspective. And he did for a few years. He 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 had more touchdowns with the Rams in, in the games that he was there for, seven touchdowns, than he did in his, his playing career in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. The numbers are there to prove it. Yeah, I mean, so it, it'll be interesting to see what part of that they can bring back together. Yeah, yeah. you know, the healthy running backs, um, you know, Cam Akers, you know, having full time to truly rehab yeah. coming into next year. Um, losing Whitworth, of course, is a big, big blow on the offensive line. A lot yeah. of good linemen out in free agency, though. Yeah. Um, you know, Beckham, if he's healthy, um, you know, who knows how long this, this takes to come back from. Um, but yeah, and you also got to think too. Put an offense together again. <laughs> well, you also got to think too. No Tyler Higby and Robert Woods, who's one of the best blocking slot receivers yeah. in the game. Those guys weren't there. If those guys are there and OBJ goes out, it's like, hey, we're the, we're the Rams. We did this for the rapport's oh, yeah. there. Robert Woods is still a heck of a receiver. Tyler Higby is still a mismatched target because of his athleticism and size at the position. I I, I think that we saw the the snowball effect happen the way it did because. You could double, you could double Cooper Cup or triple Cooper Cup, yeah. and and look at the 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 stat sheet for the season and be like, I'm not scared of anyone else on the field. I, no, I'm not and, scared. And of- you saw the the targets for um, Van Jefferson went through the roof. You know, Jefferson ends up getting eight targets, yep. only catches three balls. Yep. Um, but you know what? Wrap them all up in the good stories. I know. I'm sure you heard that too. That Van Jefferson's wife left at yes. time to go have his baby. Yes, um, man. So like. That, that that you know what I feel like this was a feel good ending to to a season that I'm okay with, right? Yeah. Um. That that I feel like guys who who put their heart and soul into this went out and and earned a, a W, and you know the right team got it. And ultimately, I'm also again, man, I, I I love sports because I love stories. Yes. Now let's now let's see what Cincinnati does. Yes. Yeah. Who are you? Right. Who are you? Because now. You were everybody's Cinderella, Joe yep. Burr, you know. Now the, the target, hey, hey, the target's drawn on the back now. There, right. the, I mean, there's going to be teams, you know, not not literally speaking, figure two. There's going to be right. teams headhunting for those guys now. And I tell you what, I was, I was watching NFL Live the other day, and Marcus Spears uh, brought up a good point. Joe Burrow's not going to have a long career if they don't protect this guy. Their, their overall target has to be offensive line. They have to get a piece or two. Whether it's via draft, whether it's and we've seen some good players come in the draft the the past yeah. couple of years, um, whether it's via draft, whether it's via free agency, whether it's via trade, can you trade a draft pick for someone who is who is reputable and who is known in the interior? Fifty five sacks this year for Joe Burrow between the first three rounds of football in the playoffs. Um, not sure how many times he got sacked against Kansas City. I think it was only a, a sack or two. I know he escaped yeah. a few. Nine sacks from Tennessee, seven from. Uh, from the Rams in three games, well, not counting the the the, the Raiders game before, in in that three game span, that's 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 sixteen sacks. Like, and and the last one that sent Joe Burrow to the sideline, uh, in the Super Bowl, dude. That's luckily it wasn't his other knee that he tore that he tore the year before. Yeah, that guy's not gonna have a 15, 16 year career if he goes three or four seasons in a row getting hit at those numbers. No, it, it won't last. I mean, that's that was the end of Andrew Luck, right? Yeah. Um, eventually, you can only take so many shots back there. So, 
Well, man, all in all, I think it was a fantastic game. I, it was a great end of the season. I hate to see that come to an end, but now it's like, you know, I, the off season. we talked a little bit before we jumped on the air. There's never a dull time in Miami. My, my buddies just always give me shit. They were like, man, the off season is your is your playoffs for Miami because yeah. we try to win the off season every year. Do it, does it happen? No, it's a Brandon Marshall and Dominican Sue or something else or something else or something else. So God knows, I'd rather have a quiet off season and actually do something during the regular season. But yeah, almost almost like no news is good news, right? If yeah, if yeah. if we don't hear anything from the Dolphins, if they're not on front line pages, then it's like, hey. Maybe they're maybe they're putting this thing together quietly, and and we can see an actual product because that that I still don't think Buffalo is what people think they are. I think they had a very good final three minutes against the uh, um, the the Chiefs in the playoffs. I don't think I think Josh Allen's real. I think he's the real deal. Stephon Diggs was targeted like two times during that Kansas City game. I don't think they are who people think they are. I think that division is fairly wide open, and and I'm talking like from a not not from a five or six game winning perspective, but from a two or three. I think you can take that with um, a ten and seven record or an eleven yeah. and six record. I think it's very doable. So you hope that you don't see the Dolphins' names everywhere, and it's like you know maybe maybe some no news is good news at this point. I'm hoping, man. But you know, if the defensive staff stayed on, I've, I've got good hopes with that. I mean, the defense is what's going to keep us close. We said yep. it before this, and it proved once again defense wins championships, man. Yep. Every time. And you got, and you got some young guns too. I know Hollins is young. Um, uh, Jalen Phillips, your, your defensive yep. end that you drafted this year, he had a heck of a rookie season. He's shown to be very prominent when it comes to wrecking backfields, putting putting uh, pressure on QBs, disrupting pockets. So I, I. You hope for fireworks this offseason. Another piece or two um, will kind of sure up that offensive side. Maybe you go get you an actual RB1. Maybe you go get you an actual, you know, instead of relying on Miles Gaskins and Duke Johnson, maybe no. you go get you an actual running back one, which I think will help. It's the same thing with Tannehill. Tannehill's been who he's been because we haven't had to have him go out and throw 33 passes a game. It's Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. All right, they're bringing seven down in the box, eight down in the box. Now we hit him with someone else. Jalen Waddle can be that guy, the 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 guy that when the running backs eating the yards up, you go and you hit him on play action on a cross over the middle or something. He can be it, that guy. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, our offense has pieces, so they definitely have the ability to be better. Um, yeah. I think Tennessee, man, you guys were in the driver's seat all the way through. I think I think you've got to find a more reliable option on the other side of AJ Brown. Yeah. Um, you know, Julio looked like for a minute maybe he was going to get healthy at the end of this, but I think you got to add a legit over there maybe a slot guy yeah um, see i was i would and, and a receiving tight end we got to have a receiving tight end i love ferkser um i love Nicole pruitt i love the, the blocking element that they provide because that's our mo right when we step on the football field is to run we need another cornerback what jack rabbit jenkins please uh head out of, head out of the state of tennessee uh christian fulton not bad haven't really seen what we've wanted out of him yet um like you said, who's your Virginia Tech guy? Didn't you? The, yeah, the Caleb, Caleb Farley was out this year with a, with an injury. He tore his ACL this year. Yeah. So you don't know what you're getting out of him yet, um, which is why I still think they need some kind of veteran presence, not named Jack Rabbit Jenkins, to lead a little bit of the outside part of the secondary. I yeah. think our safeties are great. Our D line is great this year. Danico Autry, like I think I've alluded to a ton of times, was one of the steals of free agency. We got to get a security blanket for Ryan Tannehill, a check down security blanket. 
and we need someone to complement either the slot position or outside opposite. I was hoping out of Julio Jones this year, we get 700 yards and six touchdowns. To me, that would have been great. That would have pulled would have pulled attention away from AJ Brown. Would have would have would have kept to where they can't bring a safety down because he can beat you deep. You know, father times caught up to him. Injuries have caught up to him. I don't want them to release them, but I wouldn't be upset if they did. I just don't think we're going to see the production of him that we were obviously getting, you know, that he was getting in Atlanta. I think it was more of a friendly trade. Art Smith, you know, he's over in there now. Yeah. Trade, him for, trade him for a pick. Let's see if he can prosper there. He doesn't want to be here. We're, we're a, a piece or so away on the offensive end and maybe a, 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 a better, more competent caliber DB cornerback on the other side from in my yeah. opinion we got the south one I think because Carson I read a report too apparently they're they're looking to move on from Carson Wentz yeah. so between Houston Jacksonville we don't know what they're going to be I, I mean I, I think we take the division next year with with less than we could take it with less than 10 wins <laughs> yeah I, I think that's gonna definitely be it and look the, the biggest thing that you're doing that great organizations do is you've got continuity in your coaching staff. Yes. You know, Everyone you're bringing the was, same guys back with the same message and you're yes, bringing the same people. Yes, it man, matters. it's the, it's it it's the it's the vision. It's it's what hurt Miami Hurricanes football for so long is that the AD's vision was here, the head coach's vision was here. You, you everyone has to be on the same winning page for success to happen. And 100%. the good thing with John Robinson and Mike Vrabel and, and then the players following down is everyone says, "Hey, what do we got to do to win? That that's all it's about. I mean, dude, for Tannehill, it's the most stability he's ever had. Oh, it, ever. and it's the most stability he'll ever get. As an coordinator, I mean, you know, he was wide receiver in college, and then he got a new head coach or OC every year in Miami. Yes, um, yeah. So I mean, for Tannehill, he's only going to get better with the same and, message and the same coaches. And 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 having number twenty-two line up behind you, dude, Ryan Tannehill probably has one of the easiest quarterbacking jobs in the NFL because there's not much asked of him, right? He does win you some games. Um, he obviously put us in a position to lose a game in the playoffs this year. But when you have 22 behind you and you know that 60% of your snaps, if not more, are going to him, then it makes your job so much easier. So yeah. All the stress is taken off. You make a play here or there, use your athleticism, get outside of the pocket or up the middle. And and just don't lose us ball games. Alex Smith, your way through the season, right? That's all you got to do. Be Trent Dilfer. Ain't nothing wrong yeah. with getting that ring, right? Nope. 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 All right, man. Well, I know we're going to be back uh, doing some coaching carousel stuff. We've got some other things coming around, man. It's been an awesome ride through the playoffs, EJ. This has been a lot of fun, man. I can't Tons wait to keep putting up content coming through FL teams. Appreciate any and everybody out there checking us out, watching this. Um, and, you know, we look forward to coming back to you guys again. Um all in all, not a bad little bow on the end of this season, though, right? No. Uh, sucks to end, but I'm I'm happy the way it ended. I would have loved a Tennessee Titans Super Bowl victory and bringing Lombardi back to back to Nashville. This is the next best thing for me that could have happened is Stafford, Aaron Donald, those those guys bringing home that Lombardi, man. Yeah, we've seen Darth Vader win enough. Luke needed one, right? We needed our return of the Jedi. Yep. Um, so Stafford yep. brought us back. So – all right, with that, man, thanks so much. We'll look forward to seeing you guys out again on the coaching carousel.